Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, transparently speaking. Diana and listeners, welcome and happy new year. We're so thrilled to continue our journey with you. And today what we wanted to explore and check back in on, you may all remember that Diana had a trip last fall out to Mexico. And I know I've been waiting for an update in terms of how did it go? So I thought it might make sense to start with some context again around what were the concerns or considerations for that trip and then dive into sort of what happened and what were the outcomes and key learnings and insights to share? Yes. Happy new year for the trip to Mexico. The concerns ahead of time were my dad was concerned that people would make inappropriate jokes on gender, sexual orientation, all the things. So he was very concerned about us being offended by, to quote him, people saying stupid things. I was less worried about that. And I was less worried about the jokes yeah, just to level set, because you had talked about seeing some social media content and posts, yes. okay, that were kind of riling you up. And these were from people that you're going to be going to see. I thought I was going to be seeing. Yes, there's some relatives and, but those were not jokes. So that was the, that was my bigger concern is not the jokes, but the ones that were, you know, posting things that kind of deny the existence of transgender individuals of any sort of different gender identity than what you're assigned at birth. It turns out that I didn't see those people. <laughs> so that I had seen posted. So there's that I didn't, I didn't even see them. But the family members that kind of shared that religious background viewpoint, I don't know what to say, they were fine. We all got together and it was an amazing trip. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. I love that Clark got to experience what that is like. The family is like there where it's laughter and celebration and very warm and welcoming. And I think that's the thing, like with my family, like I saw those family members when we were all like a big group together we don't tend to bring out our drama in those situations. It's a celebration. People may avoid each other, but it's not, (laughs) it's not, it's not tense and dramatic. It just is. It's it's, so it, it was a really, really good time. And I got a chance at the very end to see how much I've grown. And it it's had me reflecting on a lesson I've learned this year that I'm really taking into the new year as I want to keep living this lesson. Well, do share. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I'm also hoping, Diana, you can provide context. So going into this, did your family in Mexico know how much context do they know about Clark's situation? Great question. I have no idea for most of them. Most of us keep in communication via Facebook. So it depended on how closely they paid attention because now we're talking, it's been 10 years you know, I think there are many people that are like, oh, I thought I thought she had a daughter. Obviously not. Like I've actually had people say that. To me. Oh, I thought you had a daughter. Obviously not. You know, so there's that aspect of would they even remember that I had a child assigned something different at birth? Um, I know my aunts, or at least I'm pretty sure both of them knew my Tia's. 
they both knew one I directly had a conversation with a year ago. And they're the people that my dad speaks most directly to, but I know that he didn't have a conversation about, I actually don't know what kind, I mean, at some point he had to tell them there was a different name and right. Okay. So you went in there with a, a little bit of a lack of clarity, even um, yes. who knows what, and Absolutely. what might that even mean to them? I think I went with the assumption either most people know, or they don't remember. I, I think it depended how close, how, how many <laughs> levels away they are, but I, like my, most of my cousins, I feel like they probably don't know or don't remember, except for the ones that I feel like we have a lot more interaction on Facebook with. I feel like they're aware, but even though I've never talked about it. Okay. So sorry to interrupt, but I thought that might be good context. Absolutely. I'm glad you did. So at the end of the trip, uh, I flew back with my dad and he mentioned to me at the end, so we were in the airport, that he had told my cousin, who we had all stayed with in his house, he had told my cousin about Clark's gender identity before we went. And he explained that he was just concerned that for him to know, this is the way he explained it to me in the airport. I just thought he should know in case certain things didn't make sense. And I don't, I didn't know what he was referring to at the time. And I remember hearing this and I was surprised. So I didn't, in fairness to my dad at that point, I didn't say anything back. I was just like, okay, because I gathered that he had his reasoning, whether I agreed with it or not, it was a moot point. He had good intentions. I think he felt like he was doing the right thing. And I was disappointed because I would have liked to have been part of that conversation of decision-making and quite honestly, not so much me, but Clark, I would have liked to have run it by Clark and have my dad present his reasonings because there are aspects that we may not be aware of, of the family, he's in close communication and so forth and so on, and culturally and things like that. But where I realized I had grown is I think there was a period of time where I would have been so angry. I'm pissed because I used to believe like I could control, like if I just said the right thing to educate people the right way, they would never share our information and I think it was in this last year through coaching that I've learned that is actually something I have no control over. Like I can educate people. I can tell people. And my dad, for example, like he understands. He doesn't go around like chit-chatting with people and just throwing it around. This was very intentional, but in a in a benevolent way, even if it breaks my own personal rules. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? So I think the old me would have been upset, I, you know, that I couldn't control it, that I couldn't do it, that he broke one of my personal rules of disclosure, you know, whatever. But it showed me how, because I, I now understand I, I don't have any control. People are going to share in the case of my dad in a benevolent way. Sometimes it won't be, sometimes it'll be pure. What's the word? Like, Ooh, like I have something interesting, you know? Yeah. Kind of gossipy. Gossipy. Yes. Yeah. That's it. And so I think because of that, because I've accepted, like, I don't have control that when he told me that I was disappointed because I, if, if I had it my way, if I could rewrite history, I would have like a phone call and stuff like that. And I get that. I just can't, like, I can't control it. And good people will make decisions different than I would make with good intentions. So, and that's what I kind of want to go into this year with is just keep in mind what I can and can't control. It doesn't mean I don't continue to educate people and ask people, you know, remind them of our non-disclosure, but I go, I think I go in it with a much calmer, more collaborative energy. Mm. 
Well, that's beautiful. And I am hearing also a lot of wisdom here in terms of as human beings, when we struggle in any relationship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friend or a working relationship, like we want the other person to change. (laughs) And the reality is (laughs) we have absolutely no control over anybody but ourselves. And so all we can control, and this is a very common conversation I have in my coaching practice with clients, all we can control is how we choose to show up and how we choose to respond. And so I'm hearing this beautiful wisdom and I'm hearing it extended right into our circumstance and the beautiful journey, you know, that we're on with these kids who very clearly know their gender expansive identity and happen to identify as transgender individuals, but don't want that to be their identity or don't want to use that language to define who they are. Right. Our kids are like that. Yeah. So I'm hearing about this concept of control and this ongoing challenge we have in navigating the space that vast majority of people in the world can't imagine or understand even, right? Unless they've gone through it. But it's very challenging to think about how we support our kids in the midst of this and how we want to ask for our loved ones and friends to support us in certain ways. And at the end of the day, we don't really have control over how that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and I can contrast this to four years ago when Clark started his new school, long story short, within two days of starting, one of the parents found out that he was transgender because they had had dinner with a family where our, the original school where he had transitioned. So like everyone in that school knew. And what they told me is like this other family basically said, oh, you know, Clark's at your school. Well, you know, he's transgender, right? Hmm. <laughs> and like, this was just the start of the school. And like, as a parent, you want to give this to your child. If this is what they want, which is what Clark had told me, he desperately wanted to be non-disclosed. This was the second school to be non-disclosed and to be clear, but like, he, he's just starting there. These people are all new to him. It was very important to him to be seen as Clark, the boy and not the transgender kid. That was his words, not mine. And I was like, we're on day two and I've already lost, oh, no. <laughs> you know, because I felt like I could control it. I'm like beating myself up because I missed a family when we moved out. Cause I spoke to as many families as I could about like, Hey, he's going non-disclosed. If you could, it would really mean a lot to us. If you don't share this to your friends that, you know, in the, our new district is right next door to each other, the districts where we moved and I lost so much sleep. I had so much anger. Because I was trying to figure out how to control something that I had. So it was a question. How do I control this? How do I make sure nothing gets out? There is no answer to that question because I can't. So instead, I'm like spinning round and round. I'm angry. It's coming out on my family, the last people I want to, because I'm so upset with myself and the world and and because I think it should be something it's not. I'm fighting reality, believing that I can control other people. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to pause there and say, that's totally normal, right? (laughs) I I think that many of us, many of us can see, you know, not that particular circumstance, but situations like that, where we get so wound up and so emotionally involved and challenged by situation where we really believe and want to feel like we can control it. And the reality is we, we can't. And so again, I think what's beautiful is you have this wisdom 
and this awareness, and I'm hearing some version of kind of acceptance around what that means and that that has impacted the way your Mexico trip then sort of shook out in terms of as you reflect on it now. Yes. Because to be honest, if we weren't doing this podcast, I would never talk to my dad about this because it was like, ugh, like I was disappointed in the moment. Yeah, I wish it would have gone differently. And it is what it is. Like it, it's done. People are going to do what they're going to do. I know he had good intentions. I would have like never talked about it again. And I wanted to share it because I do think, you know, it's taken me 10 years to learn this lesson. And if I can help someone else learn it a little sooner, that when when we let go of that control, it doesn't mean that we stop. If anything, I say more, I teach more, I talk more, but I'm doing it more from this, like, take it or leave it. Like, I hope you listen <laughs> and I get that I can't make you. So I, I feel like I approach it with a less desperate energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious. So I'm hearing that either at the airport or on the airplane, your dad is sharing this with you, mm-hmm. that he had actually <laughs> shared this information about Clark's identity before you guys arrived. And I'm imagining, you know, all the things that are probably coming up for you. And as you, I guess, reflect on it now, is there, is there anything you see now or that, that happened that you think is as a result of that individual knowing, or was there any gift in that perhaps? A great question. You know, I, I have to wonder too, if I think that it also didn't bother me because it didn't affect us. Like I had no idea he knew. I, I didn't spend my time in Mexico thinking, do you know, do you not know? Are you treating us differently? Like I, I just, we just kind of were, we were Clark and mom like hanging out. So I did ask my dad, what was my cousin's response? And my cousin works in a type of business where he meets people from all around the world. And my cousin's response was, okay, like, it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I meet people of all genders, all sexual orientations, all races, all religions, all everything. It's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, and, he, and I don't feel like even looking at it with a magnifying glass, I don't feel like he treated us any differently. So I think, I think the gift there was also for my dad to see that, to have that experience to have my cousin's reaction that way to see how the world is changing. And I think it was also a gift to Clark because I told Clark, you know, on our way home um, after we had separated from my dad to see like people can know and it, there's no guarantees, but it, it won't always change things. Or it won't always feel different or awkward because I guess what I want to offer is maybe it did slightly change the way that your cousin interact with you all, but you wouldn't have known, right? He, he probably made True. a choice about however that was going to impact him and the way he showed up. But either way, it didn't, it wasn't obvious enough for you to have a little spidey sense to say, whoa, something weird's going on. Not at all. Not in the least bit. And I'm glad we didn't know. Like I'm glad my dad told me at the end of the trip rather than at the beginning of the trip, because then I would have been maybe a little bit more hesitant not that I'm encouraging people not to tell. <laughs> um, I think it would have been different if like in the ideal world, in my dream world, my dad would call me, hey, this is why I think we should tell your cousin and here's why X, Y, and Z, right? And then we could have the discussion mainly with Clark to see what he thinks, to understand what my dad's concerns were. Does this do it? Does it not do it? We use our experience, so forth. And if we decided at the end of that, which I don't know whether we would or we wouldn't, but if we decided at the end of that to talk to my cousin, then 
I, even that I think would have been better because we would have liked our reasons for telling than if we had found out <laughs> that somebody told them and now like, here you go. And we hadn't, didn't have time to process and understand the reasons yeah. so. or influence what that conversation even looked like. Oh, that's a biggie for me because <laughs> I like to right. influence that conversation. Right. Yeah. So I'm hearing a couple key insights, I guess I'll, I'll offer in case they, they help our listeners. So I think one is this beautiful journey that you've been on in this ongoing commitment to focus on what we can control and come to some version of acceptance. And this is really from a, a well-being perspective. Is that fair, Diana? Oh, for sure. I feel much calmer. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And the second here is for any parents that might be, again, on a similar journey in this space of supporting kids who are undisclosed, how do you continue to navigate it? Um, I really appreciated hearing from you, Diana, about the opportunity to try to influence and to, again, engage your child, understand what their preferences are and how do you want to support them and going in sort of with that intention of driving towards an outcome that everybody feels informed and aware and really good about as an opportunity. And in in this case, it sounds like it was amazing. I'm so glad that your trip went well and that that didn't have any negative implications. And you guys found out after the fact, and I imagine for, for listeners, there is an opportunity here, right? If that's something you want to be doing, you know, engage, engage with your loved ones and ask some questions and make sure that that feels good to them. At the end of the day, I know your intention is positive. And I would anticipate in most cases, there aren't negative consequences that might come. But in this space where we're constantly as parents and um, loved ones of transgender individuals, constantly navigating these questions about what risks are kids facing? What do they want and prefer? What happens when information is uncontrolled? It makes everybody, I think, feel a little bit better to be involved and to try to have some influence on the way things might shake out. Yeah. And even like listening to you say that, I also realized I never brought up the subject with my dad ahead of time. Like I could have, I think there's something I learned there. It's like a trip like that. I I, I probably should have sat down with him and had a conversation before I went like, hey, who knows? And Cause he talks to a lot of our relatives there. He probably has a better grasp on like, who knows who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels, I'll just offer what comes up for me is, and it feels like just another thing in the list of to do's, right? <laughs> yes. And we're all navigating all of this all the time. So beautiful insights. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else you'd like to offer? But I just want to point out, Joy, like this idea of like, I can't control disclosure. It has given me a gift beyond that because there are a lot of things as parents of transgender, and I'm sure parents of non-binary kids experiences too, of things we want to be able to control. Safety, um, finding love, having good friendships. And, and some of this might not even just be for <laughs> kids who are gender diverse, but you know, all those things we wish we could protect them. And I I think where that that's where this lesson began with me is giving up the idea that I could protect them. Doesn't mean I don't go down trying, but I understand that at the end of the day, their safety is not a hundred percent in my hands. Oh, that feels heavy to acknowledge. And what comes up for me, I I had shared that we went to go see Skylar Baylor and I was lucky enough to have a conversation with him. And what's coming up for me is that a key insight I took away from that conversation is similar to the message I'm hearing you deliver right now, which is your kids will need to navigate a lot of this on their own 
And in most cases, they're going to be totally fine. And you're going to be there. They know you're there to help them when it's hard, but they're going to kind of have to figure some stuff out. And we can't always be there to try to stop them from facing the hard stuff. I'm not going to lie. That feels like a blow to the gut. I I mean, it, it kind of did to me, but at the same time, it's similar to this message that I hear is overarching in this conversation, which is there's only so much we can control. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, we are raising amazing, competent kids. And yes, we can't control what life is going to bring for them, but we can believe in their capability and their capacity and know that they're going to be able to make it through some really hard stuff if they face it. And of course, our fingers are crossed trying to reduce the likelihood that they face really hard stuff. Well, I think that's the thing. I think it's an and, right? Like, of course, we don't want anything bad to happen and we'll do everything our power. And at the end of the day, we can't. So the same thing, we know we have these amazing kids that will figure it out. It's the same goes for us. Anything happens to them, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get ourselves through them and everyone, anyone else we need to bring along with us. We can handle it too. Yeah. And so focus on what we can control, knowing that those around us are capable and competent and trusting our loved ones to engage us or asking our loved ones to engage us when they feel it's important to be bringing in others or educating or informing or whatever might show up. So to a new year, with continued influence and acceptance. Here, here. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.